No, but I'm trying to I'm trying to improve the audio quality here in the Austin yeah. office because I record here and now. You know, Kyle Fiedler is here, so he records our design podcast. He records that here as well, which was super fun because this is just like a small conference room inside of our actual office. I got to hear them talking about. I'm very excited for the next episode because it sure sounded like Kyle was forcing Rita to talk about baseball for a while. <laughs> <laughs> or, or tricked him into it somehow. Uh, it definitely hurt him you talking about the farm system and that kind of a thing. So <laughs> I'm excited to hear what, what the hell happened. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is Gordon in Austin. And this is Jack in Stockholm. And this is Build Phase. So I saw just recently on uh, Slack that you were complaining about something about UI page view controller. Yeah, do we want to do that? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to rage about it. Yeah, I think it's a very rage-worthy topic. I just it's frustrating, man. It's such a cuz it's like it's such a nice promise of an API, right? Right. I, I like so many things about it. I like the way that it uses view controller containment, right? I like that you get all these things for free. I like a lot of the things about the way like the delegate methods are really nice, like that you don't have to specify mm -hmm. like beginning and end stuff. You just say like you just return nil when you're at the ends. And so it makes all that stuff so easy to deal with. But there are these glaring holes right, or missteps in the API that are just like you run into them almost immediately. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, how the hell... Yeah, so I'm sure most people know what UI page view controller is, but UI page view controller is it's a very simple view controller containment class that basically lets you have sub view controllers that it can then display in like a springboard style thing or if you're weird as like page curls, right? So you can right. make like a book out of this or you could make springboard out of this. Where every Which page, I think I think that was the original application of this was strictly for like turning page style things right. for making something look like books. I think right. that was like when this thing first came out. I think that was all it did. Right. And the other thing I think they added in later, and didn't add it in very well later. You mean the scrolling Somehow. thing? To me, where you can do like a springboard sort of like swiping yeah. from side to side. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's. I, I feel like that. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure, so, and if I go look, I may be all wrong. But it seems like that came later and is kind of like the ugly stepchild or whatever. That's a terrible thing to say. But, <laughs> like, that it's not really... It's like, they didn't think it through all the way. Yeah, 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 exactly. That sounds right based on the interactions with the API, right? Where it's like... Mm. Because that's how I want to use it. Where I keep running into this is I see... And I've done this like four or five times. And for some reason, I always let myself or I black it out or I'm like, these are just repressed memories that are in the back of my brain that are just going to cause me a brain aneurysm someday. But like, I've done this like four or five times. And every time I'm done fighting with UI page view controller, I get like really angry about it. And then I just completely forget why I was exactly why I was angry. And then like a few months go by and it's always with like image carousels, right? Because it's the perfect, mm -hmm. it is so nice of an idea for an image carousel, 
right? Because every image right. carousel that we see has that little page control at the bottom and it's got like, you know, mm-hmm. images and you want to scroll through the images and you want that page control to update automatically and, right? And like UI page view controller, that's the promise that it makes is like, Right. And on the surface, it's like, clearly this is going to be the answer for it. Clearly this is the easy thing to do here. And every single time I get like a few steps in and then I get to the page control and Mm -hmm. the entire world falls apart. Right. Because (laughs) you can't customize it at all. And it's totally locked. It's white on white by default. So, so like (laughs) there's nothing you can do. So it, and especially now that iOS, when did they change to just making everything white? Was that iOS 7 when they did the last? 7, yeah. yeah. So ever since yeah. iOS 7, when everything is like, hey, every background is white forever, it almost looks like it, it's a no-op, <laughs> right? Because because <laughs> unless you change the background color, you're not going to see the page control because the page control is a white background with white dots. And it's like, that does right. not make any sense. How the hell did you do that? How does that make any sense? I guess it's not a white background. I guess it's a clear background with white dots. But Right. So if the view controller behind it has nothing specified, it's going to be white. But it also crops the page, right? So when I display a view mm. controller, it doesn't push, resize the view controller up and out of the way to make room for the mm. page. It just displays it on top and crops it out of the way. So it's like, it just makes no sense at all the other thing is that if you the only way to get a sane behavior with this not even the only way to get sane behavior so the only way to get images or pages to start appearing is Mm. you have to use the like to get the initial page to show up you have to use the set view controllers animated something 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 right but there's like a set view controllers method because the view controllers property is get only so there's a set view controllers property where you tell it some directional stuff and whatever Mm -hmm. and this is actually why i'm saying it makes sense that they just hacked on the page support or the scroll support because if you have that set up to use scroll and not pages or specifically if you haven't set the spine location Mm -hmm. to be the middle Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not the default. Middle is not the default. So if you do right. nothing and try just saying like, like I did today where I just totally forgot about this because again, repressed memories, <laughs> I'm going to be dead by the time I hit 40 because of UI page view controller and all the crap that I'm like shoving down. <laughs> but so like by default, it's set to none or left or right or something. Like it doesn't matter. The point is that it's not right. it's set to center. And so if you do what I did, which is say, oh, well, I forget what happens if I just hand it all of the pages that I want to display, right? Hmm. So I just say like, oh, but like maybe I don't remember. Do I maybe not need these delegate methods and I just hand it all the pages? Then it compiles. And so you say set view controllers and then you hand it the whole array of things. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. And it compiles and it runs. And then the second you hit that runtime exception because it can't figure out how to display all of those view controllers at the same time right. with with all these things location. where should i put the spine what the <laughs> hell that is insane that's absolutely crazy <laughs> so so the only way the only way to get it to work reasonably is to hand it a single element list it's like that yeah. is just bonkers <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever 
<laughs> and there's no other API. Yeah, there. like like that array should have one or two things in it, and that's it. And only two things, like you said, if you set the spine in the middle, then you can set the, give it two. I think that's the way it works, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you yeah. spine in the middle, you give it two controllers, one for left, one for right. Right. But yeah, it's so not obvious. No. Like there's just no way that you would ever guess that. And then, but and then, not in the documentation, not in the way the API looks. Yeah, and then there's no from that API. You would almost think, oh, well, there must be, like I said, it looks like what you need to do is hand it all of your view controllers, and then it will just figure everything out. It's like, no, you need to hand it a single element list with one view controller, and then you need to implement the data source properties. And turns out, the view controller, the actual page view controller, doesn't give a shit about the view controllers that it's displaying. Like, it never actually holds on to them. It just loads them on demand. And so you're just passing, you know what I mean? It's like, right. ah, none of this makes any sense. <laughs> and then, with the page with the page control thing, you can't customize it, right? Mm. So, <laughs> literally, unless, unless you happen to be okay with the pages being cropped and because again, not resized, like straight up cropped. Like the test image right. that got displayed was like 600 by 500, I think. And it looked like a pancake almost. Like it just chopped off all the bottom. <laughs> so you have to, in order to be able to use the page control at all, you have to be okay with cropping the page that's being shown. And you have to be okay mm. with whatever the hell style comes by default because there's no public right. way to get at that page control. None. Yeah. And they have these delegate method. Part of the data source methods are, so the way you get the page control to show up is you implement these two and it has to be both. It can't just be one, even though they're both optional. If you only choose one of these, it won't show up. You have to implement presentation count for page view controller, mm -hmm. which just tells it how many dots and presentation and presentation and index, index also and presentation index for page view controller. Right. The first one of those makes total sense. I guess, sense. like you said, because it, because it's not ever keeping track of which was which. So it has to yeah, be able to know. Yeah. It has to be able to ask you on the fly, oh, I've got I've got a page view controller here. Which index is that again? Because I don't exactly. remember. Exactly. Except, I don't remember anything. yes. No, that, that makes total sense. Except that presentation index for page view controller does not send you the view controller that it wants the index for. It just sends you the page view controller. So then now you have to manage your... What? To, to, yes. To get that count <laughs> correct, you have to manage your own internal state to know what thing that thing is actually displaying so that you can sync it up. It's like... What? Oh. what the hell? Why? Because there's no, there's no like current view controller or anything properly. And there's no way to just ask the page view controller what it's currently showing. It's just so oh, insane. Man. There was another That's one worse too. Than I even remembered. I know, I know. <laughs> there's another one too where it says like, there's a page view controller will transition to view controllers method on delegate mm -hmm. method, but no singular. Again, it always sends you a list, a and most of the time it's a single element list. So most of the time you're having to pull, and <laughs> in Swift, that's just exacerbated, right? Because now I've got to use like first bang everywhere in order to like right. pull out the, <laughs> because I'm going like, yeah, this API is stupid. I know that there can only be one thing. <laughs> it's like insane. Yeah. So the last time I tried to use this was last fall, and the time before that, I don't even remember. It was a long time ago. But last fall, I was using it or trying to use it for a project. And 
both the thing with the the indicator at the bottom was a problem and like I said the cropping and also like I wanted to be able to have like I remember as I was doing this the, the design was changing from the designer standpoint and like at some point they said okay we want to have next buttons and previous buttons right. it was for a UI for entering some data and it should be next and previous buttons and they should be able to be disabled or hidden in certain states and stuff and like I could not find any API in page controller for just manually swiping nope one like swipe one to the right swipe one to the left there wasn't anything so i eventually had to give up and just implement something entirely custom <sighs> so dumb yeah the, the thing of doing that doing the scrolling option which again i think they added later mm -hmm. like that's what you want to use it for that's right. i mean that's what 95 percent of the desired use of that class is for that but that's the thing that is just barely supported right and like it makes me think that maybe we should just implement our own how hard could it be <laughs> <laughs> but i have like that's the problem here is that like i swear to god i've written i couldn't find them but like i swear to god i've written <laughs> this at least four or five times at this point because i've had to do this that many times and every time i run into these same problems and every time i go didn't i write this thing already and i can't and then i can't <laughs> find it and then i write it and then like i said i just black out that part of my memory like my just my brain just goes like you don't need to think about that anymore it's going to be okay the page view controller is gone. Don't worry about it. Everything you're safe now. <laughs> and like pushes that memory down into the, like the deep recesses of my mind. And then I move forward with my life as if everything is okay. And the world isn't crazy. Yeah. And so this time I'm like, no, I'm going to write this. <laughs> I'm going to write it the way I want <laughs> it to work. And I'm going to extract it into a thing so that I never have to do this again because I'm so amazingly tired of it. <laughs> so what I'm doing right now is writing basically a view controller that then holds onto a page. Because I still do think that getting the automatic paging support and being able to mm -hmm. have like view controllers instead of like having to deal with like a scroll view or anything like that, like that API right. is nice enough to warrant using it as long as you're not also using the like you can get around the weirdness of like needing to use single element lists and crap like that. Mm. As long as you don't have to deal with the page control. Right. Right. Like, so basically what I'm doing is I'm writing a small view controller that holds onto a page view controller. So it has a child view controller of the page view controller, and then it has a page control. Right. Mm -hmm. And for right now, because this is very focused on what I need in this project right now, all I'm worrying about is like pinning the basically the top left and right edges of the page view controller to my view and then mm -hmm. pinning the bottom edge to the top edge of the page control and then pinning the left bottom right edges to my view. Right. So you have page view controller up top page control on the bottom. Let's just start from there. Sure. And then basically kind of like wrapping that API in a nicer like image carousel specific thing where you just handed a bunch of okay. URLs right now. You just handed a bunch. You say just like add these URLs and then it creates internal view controllers for those where the view controller, its view is an image view, right? Super simple. Hmm. And it just does everything from that point. But that means that okay. I've got to implement the delegate protocols to make sure that the page control is updated properly and all that stupid stuff. Right. So it's so stupid, uh. though. One of the frustrating <laughs> things for me is, like, 
And I think I do have radars about some of these things. I definitely have a mm-hmm. radar that have or had a radar that about there not being like a page view controller will transition to view controller singular version. I'm positive mm-hmm. that I filed a radar about that. So I filed radars about some of these things, but I was like complaining about it on Twitter, which is not productive or helpful. And I know that. No. <laughs> but I kind of posted a couple snarky tweets, which I'm trying to be better about, but I got away from me. <laughs> um, but I posted a couple <laughs> snarky tweets and a couple of the responses I got were totally reasonable, but it was like, I just always roll my own. It's not really that hard. It's like, I know it's not that hard. Like, it's not about it being hard or not. It's, I don't, I nice shouldn't if, have if to do that. If there was something there present that was usable for yeah. this simple task. The API is there and it's so frustrating. Right. It's like, and the most frustrating thing is that it is right there. It is so close to being what I actually want. Right. It is so close. Basically, I could deal with kind of the weirdness around like, Oh yeah, you have to pass a single element list to start it. Like, sorry, that's really weird. Like, I could get around the weirdness of the API mm-hmm. if the page control acted sane, right, and was exposed publicly for a configuration. Yeah, if those two things happened, that's literally all I need. Like, I'll wrap the rest from there. Those are the only two sure. things I don't want to have to deal with because that me dealing with those myself means having to deal with all kinds of extra state management. Right. Right. That they've already done. They've already done that state management because the page control already works the way I want it to work. Except you can't make it look the way you want it to look. Except for I can't make it look the way that it crops the crops the thing. And like yeah. Yeah. And the the crazy thing is like they can give us something that is super complicated, like collection view controller or like auto layout. Like how much code does that take? Like how big is that? You know, how much code how many thousands of lines of code does it take for them to implement? Either of those two things. Right. And this thing was relatively simple. Was like, no, no, it's so simple. Everyone just has to implement it themselves. Like, literally. Like, it, why not just give us... I would be 70, 80% of the way there if they just moved the page control declaration into the header. Right? Period. Yeah. <laughs> just, that's it. Like, that's all it would take. Just do that. And I will, like... Just make that public. Again, I will be okay dealing with everything else all the other weird stuff like if you just expose that thing to me where i can screw with it myself fine yeah (laughs) you know but god dang yep i guess the other thing i would want is like being able to get the currently displayed view controller so that i don't have to manage that as well because that's kind of silly right or don't and give me a new api that also sends when it wants the index for something Mm -hmm. sends the current view controller yeah you know so frustrating it's it's a frustrating api i wonder if they're actually using that for things like the springboard themselves i'm guessing they're probably not i'd imagine it's got to predate that right yeah the springboard predates that for sure so so i wonder if anyone within apple or, or any of apple's own apps using that class in that way hmm probably not there aren't that many apps of apples that I can think of that even have that sort of sideswipe thing, you know. It kind of does get to something that Mark said in the episode that hasn't aired yet. Well, I guess it will have aired by the time this podcast comes out, but we <laughs> you haven't heard it where Mark was saying something about you can tell the APIs that Apple doesn't actually use internally cuz they just kind of like sit there and rot. 
know, or they're like, or they're kind of like halfway thought out. Like this one really just feels like someone was like, should we add scrolling support? Sure. It's like, that's probably good enough, right? It's like, yeah, 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 fine. Should right. I? It's like, so like kind of do this, but like, don't take too long doing this. We've got other stuff we need to do too. Yeah. God. It's like, all right, I'll give you two days. Go ahead and cram it in there. If that, I don't, I think you could get the right thing done in two days though. I don't think they got that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. that, I think that it was like, we need to ship in 15 minutes, add scrolling support. It's like, <laughs> bam, 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 bam. You know? <laughs> oh man. I don't understand. But anyway. Yeah. Could be kind of a fun project actually to just do that. Cause like I said, I've also done that manually in a variety of ways over time. Yeah. But like, it could be nice to make that something nice. And yeah, wrapping the current thing is one way, which I guess is a totally valid way. And let's, you know, if you look at what Apple does, all of their stuff is, you know, so many of their classes are composed of other things that they just never expose and you don't yeah. have to worry about it. Right. That's what I'm it's looking totally to fine. do is like a private page control. Right now it's private. It'll probably be a public page control. So you can, eventually it'll probably be a public page control, but like a private page control and a private page view controller mm-hmm. instance that are just held on yeah. in there. And then I'm adding them to my sub view, laying them out the way I want them to be laid out. And I'll go from there. But so I, yep. I figure what I'll do is like extract that at least maybe next week. I'll like mm-hmm. extract that into like a small, tiny library so that we can use it. You know what I mean? Right. And then something that is just for image carousels. You know right. what I mean? And only single direction, so not infinite scrolling image carousels. Mm, and then just yeah. and then just start there, bang, done. Let's start with this, and then we could iterate on that over time as we need to do these. Because I feel like this comes up in almost every project. Yeah, it's, pr- it's pretty frequent that you need to have something like that. Okay, cool. I'm looking forward to seeing what you come up with. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my rant. I felt cool. good to get off my chest. Thank you for prompting me to good. yell it's about imp- that. It's important. <laughs> you don't want to hold these things feel, in. You, you do want to live better. past 40. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. I really do. <laughs> uh, my knee is screwed up, man. I, I just crossed. I'm 31, and I just crossed 31 in January, right? And already I'm, like, feeling uh-huh. my body fall apart on me. I was doing – I haven't been in the gym for, like, a month because I was doing squats, and my knee started hurting. And so I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I should rest it. And then it just hasn't gotten better. <laughs> so, right. It's like, I distinctly remember being like 19 and this would have been fine three hours later, but <laughs> it's yeah. been a month now. <laughs> and I'm like, just, I'm standing too long and my knee starts aching and I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> yeah. I've been having a similar knee thing, but it's more of the opposite. When I have my knee bent for too long. If I'm sit like I've always been able to like sit cross legged on the couch or chair or whatever my whole life. And now I've got this thing where my left knee, if I sit for too long, it starts to ache. Yeah. And that's that's been going on for like three months. It's just like it doesn't go away. And I thought thought the same thing. Well, I'll just, you know, take it easy and you know, try and stretch it a bit, but don't do anything extreme. And it just keeps on being the same way. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, I have the same Age. thing, but only if only if my knee is bent. It has to be a specific angle. If it's like, if my knee, Mm -hmm. if my chair height is at a position and my foot is in a position where like my knee is in a certain way, then I, I think it puts a bunch of shearing 
pressure on my hmm. knee, like forward, like like my shin wants to push itself forward, and so it's putting a lot of pressure on my knee like that. It happens in airplanes hmm. all the time. If the if the plane has like really short leg room and I can't put my have an open bend to my legs. Yeah. I'll sit there and then all of a sudden I'll just be like, oh my God, my knee really hurts. Like it just, it like creeps up. It's like a frog in boiling water or whatever. You know what I mean? It just like creeps up over time. (laughs) And eventually I'm like, oh, wait a minute. My knee is in excruciating pain right now. (laughs) I just realized. (laughs) And then, you know, the second I move to like an open ankle, I just feel all that pressure Mm -hmm. go away. It's like, oh God. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Age. It's the worst. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we can rent cars, we can sign leases, we can do all kinds of things stupid kids can't do. That's true. Stupid kids. I can even most of the time buy alcohol without getting carded. Yeah. Actually, the last time that happened was when I was like 41. I was like, whoa, really? And then then I turned out that I, I mentioned this to someone, the place I was visiting, I mentioned it to someone and they said, oh, well, yeah, in the store there, it was in a university town. And I said, well, the store got so many complaints from students who felt like they were being <laughs> like they were being singled out because they were being asked for ID. So they of made a rule so they have to out. ask everyone for ID. So you can be there and you can be 95 years old, gray-haired and wrinkly, and they're supposed to ask you for ID because the students don't want to feel like they're God. being depressed. <laughs> Stupid kids. <laughs> College, college but it made me feel good for a minute it made me feel very youthful for a few minutes there like wow sweet i'm 20 <laughs> years old and i need to be and she asked me for my id it's like no sorry <laughs> i always liked when that happens like it happens a lot where like a bouncer or a bartender or someone has carted three or four people in front of you and then doesn't want to be rude <laughs> And, and be like, be like, ID, ID, ID. You're definitely fine. ID, ID, ID. Right. So like that'll happen. I, you know, I've been like with my mom. Like when I was younger, I was with my mom a few times, and that happened. Where it was like they card me, they card my brother, and then my mom they card her because it's like you don't want to say like you're definitely older. <laughs> I get that. <sighs> so what else? I don't know. I've been. Uh... Looking at stuff from WWC on and off now and then. Mm-hmm. Some of the things seem kind of cool. I started trying to play a bit with the, uh, like some of the new things in the Sprite Kit. They have this thing with, like, uh, you can make, you can do like this sort of tile editor for making, like, games that have repetitive backgrounds that are built around tiles. Mm-hmm. There's actually an editor for that and a thing for building the tile maps themselves. And I was like, hey, that seems pretty neat. Let's try that out. And so I downloaded some, like there's a bunch of, uh, there's a thing called opengameart.org, I think. They have mm-hmm. a whole bunch of like sprite resources you can download. I was like, cool, like, I'll try that out. But what Xcode wants in the thing that lets you build the tile map, like let's say you have like little nine image grid, like for specifying, okay, here's what the middle of this type of you know piece of grass looks like. And here's what it looks like on each of the four corners and the four edges. And those have to be then nine different images whereas hmm. if you download any sort of like tile map from the internet it's just going to be one giant png file with all the things in it right I was like, oh man i gotta open that up and split that all apart so i haven't really gotten into it i haven't gotten any farther <laughs> than that but the demos that they had looked pretty cool so i think it's worth worth investigating more that's so. cool i never end up getting into any of the game stuff unfortunately i just never I yeah never i always think there. that stuff is pretty pretty fun and interesting to deal with so i 
try and poke around it. But then I, I always I always make the mistake of thinking, oh, well, this is really cool, but I'm not going to put it into the game I'm working on right now because I'm going to have my game done <laughs> in just a month or two. Right. So no way this is going to drag out past September, October. I shouldn't use new technologies Never now. Happens. And of course, then I yeah. don't get it done anyway. So. Right. Right. But I do have an idea for a game, by the way, that I got to get out. I've got to get it out before September, October time period, because it's going to be a game about involving Donald Trump and building a giant wall. Sure. Okay. <laughs> it's got to be like timely and topical to get it in before the election season is done. I can't figure out if you're going to be playing the role, if like your character As... is going to be Trump trying to build a wall, or the opposite, if you're like trying to stop him building a wall. Yeah, I'm like I'm like imagining, I'm imagining like a big, like raging Donald Trump, like a cartoony <laughs> Donald Trump in the background, like stacking bricks, and you've got to come like, like rip, rip him down as he's stacking him up. Yeah, this is pretty good. Kind of like the inverse of like, uh, did you see the old arcade game Rampage? Remember that? Yeah, there were like these giant uh-huh. monsters you climb around on buildings to knock them down. Yeah, it would be the opposite, like giant Donald Trump trying to stack up over a wall, and like little police cars shooting, and not police cars, little. I don't know what who who would shoot at him. I don't know. Good you got to figure who who would know. who would be the enemy. Not, I don't know. It, not there's assholes. so many like there's so many wrong ways to go with it, with this though. Right. Yeah. 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 Those are pretty <laughs> obvious. Yeah, I think just like, so. anyone like people with souls. I think I don't know. I don't know how you designate. <laughs> I don't know how you show that. Yeah, in a in, in a tiny sprite. Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, it's it's all very loose at this point. I gotta get it, gotta yeah. get this thing hammered down pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which means I can't use the new stuff, right? Because I gotta get this thing out now. Sure. Yeah. Of course. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to play that when we get it done yeah. in October. No. Definitely. That's Otherwise, cool. uh, I kind of like some of the new. The new things happening with WatchKit, actually. Yeah. Partly just just the way the watch is going to work with the apps can actually sort of stick around in the background for a longer time, like up to eight minutes. I haven't really looked into too much about this new sort of dock. Is there, are they calling it a dock or the calling it a long Yeah, they call it the dock. They call it the dock. I looked into that too much. I know, that it, I know that it has some implications for updating the UI in different ways. Mm-hmm. But then also that I think that it's kind of cool that it can talk straight to CloudKit. Mm-hmm. That's pretty neat. So if you have apps that are syncing through that, you know, you don't have to have your app. Because I've done some of that with the Watch app talking to an iPhone app. Right. And the iPhone app is doing stuff and putting that in, into the cloud. But kind of nice people have those things as separate things and not have to worry about it. Yeah, so. I've, I've been running, against my better judgment, I've been running the WatchOS beta on my watch. Hmm. And it's actually been really nice. Like I, I would not, I mean, I would not suggest, you know, typical disclaimer, like don't put the betas on your main things. It's a very <laughs> stupid idea. And yep. I'm almost certainly going to regret it at some point <laughs> during this process, but I am running the yep. betas on my phone and my watch. And for the most part, Pretty daring. fine. Yeah. I didn't do the last year. I did my laptop too and that that is just a gigantic mistake that is just absolutely like this year i was just like no i cannot go through that again because it just it i need to do work you know what i mean and like yeah my watch and my phone are like whatever you know what i mean if i can't look at twitter because the app crashes i will survive like i'll be okay right you know and if you're working on an app you need to test on an actual device you want to make sure it still works in the last ios i mean there's probably a spare device somewhere you can use to try it yeah 
Right. But like, right. but yeah, like running your Mac on a beta is just never good. Like I would only ever do it at this point if I had some kind of Mac app on the store that I was concerned and want to make sure that, you know, nothing weird had made it break right. before the, before release. But then what I would do is I would install the OS beta on an external hard drive and boot from that just to try it out and, you know, Firefox code or what, you know, whatever I need to do to make, to tr- check things out. Yeah. But otherwise never use that as like a primary, primary thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah, but so I've been, so the beta watch OS has been pretty good. Like not all the apps work very well. MLB basically doesn't work at all, hmm. but it's been nice kind of, I'm starting to get more used to having the dock available. I could definitely see a future where I was thinking about this the other day. I could see a future where that stupid honeycomb thing goes away. Adios. That is, right. that is gone. And you get, although that would make some of the built-in apps hard. Anyway, I haven't thought this mm. all the way through, but I have thought about like, I have apps that are installed on my watch because, and only because like the TweetBot app, I have the TweetBot mm. watch app installed on my watch, but only because it improves the notifications when they come in, right? A notification okay. that's sent from your phone to your watch will look different for some, like, and if you have an app installed on your watch, it can add mm-hmm. more behavior and more art to it, right? And make it interactive. Sure. Whereas if you don't have that app installed on your watch, then it can't do that. So I could see a right. world where you separate those two things and you say like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, you know, actionable notifications, those should just be, if you have the app on your phone, those should just be omnipresent right those should happen on your Hmm. watch regardless of whether or not you have an app on your watch Hmm. and the honeycomb list goes away Mm -hmm. or at least is simplified and now you're running way fewer apps right because how many apps do you really need on your watch not that many like it should be high it should be high priority stuff and a lot of them i get to through siri right Mm-hmm. I never launch the timers app directly. I always use Siri for the timers app. Okay. It's just easier to just say set a timer for 30 minutes, you know. You know, I didn't I I did it for the first time just a week or two ago. <laughs> it took me a, a solid 2 months of having the watch before I figured out how Siri worked. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> that, you hold the button down <laughs> right. and then you can say stuff." Like it like it just like I wasn't thinking about it cuz I I never I almost never use it on my phone otherwise either. It's not really a thing I use much. And right. I got used to using the timers app, but yeah, it totally makes sense. Once you know, you just let you press the button, you say timer five minutes, and you're done. Yeah, yeah something that totally does not need to be launched normally otherwise. Yeah, but so like I, I feel like I will probably live out of that dock, right? And mm-hmm. I will just I will just keep five or six apps in that dock that I want around all the time, and I will just basically live out of there. And that button has now been pressed way more times than it ever did when it was like right. friends, friends list. Like, <laughs> I, sorry, I don't, I don't care about that at all. I, right. I understand yeah. some people did, and like, I think that you know maybe down the line making that configurable, whatever. Kind of like they backed off with the mute switch on the mm-hmm. iPad. You remember that used to be right. yeah, was it, that you could switch it to be a was it mute and then and then they changed it to orientation lock and then they changed it so that it was configurable between the two, I think was the progression. Yeah. So that yeah. But like that kind of a thing. I could see them doing that kind of a thing. Like, what do you want the side and I think that level of configuration makes total sense for the watch, right? And they you know, they right. bill it as like your most personal device, and it totally is, right? 
Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to use it differently. My buddy Diego wears his watch on his right hand, even though he's left-handed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sorry, he wears his watch on his right hand, even though he's right handed. And I'm like, that's really weird. Why do you do that? And he's like, oh, well, when I cross my arms normally, if it's on my left hand, then I end up pushing the watch face. So I put it on my right hmm. hand. <laughs> and I was like, that is a very, very weird thing. You're a weird dude, but I get it. You know what I mean? It's like, but that's the kind of, <laughs> sure. you know, it's just like his mannerisms. Made yep. him say, like, this makes more sense to me. And, like, he tried it right. on his left wrist for, I think, a few hours. And then was like, this is too weird. I can't do this. And put it back. It's like, okay, okay fine. <laughs> but so, like, that kind of stuff, you know, I think it totally makes sense to have, like, that super high level of configurability for that watch. You only have two buttons on it, right? But it's yeah. not like the home button and the power button or the, and the you right. know, it's not like the buttons on the iPhone where those really, you want those to be very very specific things i say screw it you know what i mean open it up like okay keep the crown normal right so yeah. that's your I mean, main these are kind of that. like soft buttons in a way or could be like on like an like an old feature phone you know where you had like yeah. buttons in the two bottom corners of the screen that could be you know f- for whatever they needed to be for the app you were using right that i mean that bottom one the big button the not the one that isn't the crown the one that's the dock now like mm-hmm. that makes sense to be configurable and like change that up do whatever you want to do with it because yeah who cares so on the watch 3 beta right now is that friends app just gone i guess i haven't is there, looked, is there no way to start that from the hex grid thing or i honestly haven't looked and i can't right now because i accidentally left it at home this morning no but i will say i've been wearing yeah. it a lot more i've startup time for apps is much much better mainly because i'm launching them out of the dock okay. Good. or from complications right and if it's a complication if you add an app as a complication it keeps it alive in the background all the time period okay and that's really? yeah so like cool that's awesome right because again that totally makes sense because if you're if you care enough about this data to put it on the face of your watch it's probably something you're going to interact with pretty often right so right. all i have yep. what i have sense. on there is i have a timer which I use mm-hmm. the timer regularly enough for like cooking or other things that like I really like being able to just kind of like look at my wrist and see how much time is left on the timer. So that's basically what yeah. I use it for. So I have the timer. I have Fantastical because their complication is awesome. It like it shows the time mm-hmm. of your next appointment and then the calendar icon. But then the calendar icon is colored to whatever the color of the calendar is. So, like, my ThoughtBot oh, calendar cool. is red. So, I know when I look at my watch, I can right. see what time it is. And then, based on the color, I know whether or not it's, like, a meeting or, like, an Astros game starting or something that I, you know, I want right. to do personally. I can tell all that just from the color, right? Great. And then I have cool. the weather on the bottom. But I open that Fantastical thing all the time, you know what I mean? Where I'm like, oh, what's going on? So I'll mm-hmm. tap on the Fantastical thing, and then it just opens up instantly to Fantastical. And then I can, like, nice. you know, kind of, like, take a quick look, hit the crown button, go back. You know, real, real nice. Yep. Because that's one of the biggest things for me with the watch is I, I very seldom open any apps from a notification. Mm-hmm. Because I, like, I know that it's going to take forever. Right. And for some of the apps, like it won't even do anything. Like the Twitter app, it's like, oh, you got a, you know, something, and you tap it, and then you it launches Twitter, and it's and like it has like two buttons for like, 
top tweets or trending. And it's like, wait, I thought I was going to see the whole right. tweet, at least, that you're notifying right. me about. But no, I just see some other right. stuff. If it would at least show me dumb stuff fast, then I would know I was <laughs> right. done with it. Right. And that's <laughs> one of the things they stressed in the session about designing for watchOS, right? It's like quick interactions, show right. the thing, you know, try to get everything like a two-second interaction and then bail, you know? Right. So... Yeah, there was a really good uh, session, I thought, from WWC about this and talking about, like, the time intervals involved. And, like, if you're going to have something that updates throughout the day a certain number of times, you gotta, or you got to think about when you want it to happen and, like, the sequence of events of when the data comes in at different points. And it's actually, it's pretty complicated. Yeah. Like, to do it right, yeah. it seems like it's pretty complicated. Like, they had examples, like, talking about, like, sports scores or the stock market or whatever. And like to get it so to make sure the data comes in at a rate that is useful and natural, mm -hmm. so that when the person brings it up, you know, in any of the ways they can bring up an app, that it's be, it'll be right there immediately. Yep. There's a lot to it to sort of get it right, and I think it's going to probably take a few iterations for most developers to be able to get the, their apps working correctly there. But yeah, but yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be good. I think we have a good future with Me that. Too. I want you to do me one one favor. I need you to install Pits of Death oh, on yeah. your watch okay. and see how it works. Because that is that is actually still that's a watchOS one Ooh. app. I never even up, so it actually still runs on the phone, okay. right? <laughs> so I have no idea how it's going to work in watchOS. Yeah, 3. I'll install it. It still works okay on watchOS two, but <laughs> yeah, I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> but based on what you said, based on it being fairly stable, I might actually just go ahead and install the beta on my watch anyway. Because why not? Have you seen how they're doing the updates this year? It's pretty slick. Mm -mm. So instead of like previously for, you know, iPhone or iOS, you know, you had to download the image and like go into iTunes and like option click the restore thing to right. like force an upgrade. And then you got to do all that crap. Right. Now, this year, it's all done over the air. Mm -hmm. You can download these little mobile config files and then airdrop mm -hmm. them to your phone. <laughs> Wow. So you airdrop this mobile config file to your phone. Your phone says, hey, do you want to install this profile? And you say, yes. And then it says, do you want to install it on the phone or your watch? And you say, like, for this, it, you install the, you know, if this is the, the watch one. You just say, watch. And it goes, okay, it's installed. And then you go check for updates. <laughs> and hey, there's an update available. I was like, that wow. is, that is really nice. Like, that is a very nice workflow, <laughs> you know? We'll see if there's any long-term effects. Launch iTunes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just getting around all of that crap or having to say like, which, you know, it was a constant thing. Like every year, what actual device do I have? <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially when it was like right. different for Verizon <laughs> and AT&T and stuff. And it was like, is this the A or yeah. the B? And like, you better not screw that up because <laughs> bad things will happen if you do that kind of stuff. Cool. Anyway, that's a very good change. Yeah. Cool. Do you want to wrap it up? Let's do it. Show notes can be found at buildphase.fm slash 98. Uh, and as always, we'd love to hear from you. So reach out on Twitter at buildphase. You can also email us at hosts at buildphase.fm. And ratings on iTunes are much appreciated. All right, man. Talk All to right. you later. See you next time. <laughs>